Five wide here for Texas. Ewers looks right, wants to throw, does. It's intercepted! Intercepted! Gentry Williams! He picked it off! <laughs> Second play of the game! Gabriel's going to run it himself up the middle. He's to the five. Touchdown! Dylan Gabriel right up the gut of Bevo! And the Sooners strike first in Dallas! Going to throw across the middle, caught, busted, intercepted, Kendall Dolby off the deflection, and they're not overturning this one. Gabriel hands to Walker up the middle, churning. It's Tawee, Wee, Wee, all the way home, touchdown. From the two, fourth down, quick throw, caught in the slant by Worthy, folded up, did he get in? I don't think he got there. I don't think he got there. The Sooners turned away Bevo on the goal line. They had first and goal at the one, and they turned him away. Second and goal from the three and a half. Nick Anderson now comes far right in the trip set. 27 seconds. Anderson in motion. 23 seconds. Gabriel has the football. Looks to throw. He's under pressure. He lobs in zone. Touchdown! Nick Anderson! steps up, launches for the end zone, far side, ball hangs in the air, it is knocked down, and you cannot hitch the wagon, put the ponies in the board, one year after the Sooners are humiliated in Dallas, they punch Bevo right back in the eye. I'm having a hard time thinking of a discrepancy in talent between Texas and Oklahoma where Texas had such an obvious edge at the top. I've said that if Oklahoma beats Texas this year, it would be the worst Texas loss to Oklahoma given the expectations for this season. That's just a game they can't lose. And they stay there. And they stay there. That call from T. Rowe on the Nick Anderson touchdown, how awesome is that? It's pretty awesome. Text line also likes when you say stuffed on the fourth <laughs> fourth down there on the uh, goal line. No, man, L- legacy legacy drive, legacy play. Good for him for uh, throwing that in, that call. That's, that's perfect. It's so true. It's the main takeaway of this game. But this just felt like such a program win. And when was the last time that you can remember a big win by the program where it had a memorable offensive play, but it also had a memorable defensive play that we're going to be talking about for several years. Like, OU's had plenty of big wins over the past 10 years, but it felt like those have been mostly offensive highlights, a quarterback just doing something incredible in those games. Like, you got a big special teams play against these guys in 2021, but man, 
unless I'm missing something obvious, I can't remember the last time OU got a huge win, and they did it because the defense kind of had a legacy play, as did the offense. Yeah. It's been few and far between. Now, we've had some some defensive plays. Like, you, you get a nice defensive play at the end to cap it after what has not been a good defensive night. You know what I'm saying? Like I guess 2018 Big 12 championship, you get the safety on Ellinger and yeah. then the touchdown pass from Kyler. So maybe that's, that's somewhat the recent. interception from Benito in that Baylor game. Yeah. I mean, there's been some stuff happen, but um, to play to play good defense throughout and you know it, it's it's usually been the offense is scoring points and we're going to try and get a turnover or create some type of explosive play the other way uh, defensively and not necessarily the case anymore. We've got we got a balanced football team. We got to clean up special teams though, man. I know, I know, but. And hopefully they do, but it, in some ways, at least the Monday after, while we're still in celebration mode, it's, yeah, they got to clean that up, but dang, makes you wonder how good they can really be once they get all those things cleaned up, right? Like, we, yeah. we, we just didn't see the true ceiling of this football team on Saturday, so it's, we said it last week, we said it all off season. you start off 6-0, and you win this game, this fan base is going to be on fire. They are on fire, and now it's fun to think about after that win that feels so massive, what, what's to come next, man? Because it's hard to doubt anything that this team this year can, can achieve. They're, they're a good yeah. football team, man. They are. They're not perfect, but they're, they're, they're a good football team. Right, and we're going to face some really good offenses coming up. UCF has a good offense. Kansas clearly has a good offense. Um, TCU, final game of the season, they've got a really good offense. And, you know, between Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and BYU, you've got balanced football teams. So, I mean, we're, we're going to be a big favorite in all these games. But especially the Kansas game, there's some, there's some dangerous games in here if we don't have our stuff together. Yeah, and that's – I think the push now is just getting better throughout the, the, the two weeks with the bye week here. Because as with, with, with as many young guys as you're playing, especially on defense, there's still a lot of room to grow. Um, the main goal's got to be putting this win behind you and, and getting better and looking like a better football. Like, that's what I would want to see against UCF, right? You are the better team with or without John Rice Plumley on their side. Don't make the obvious mistakes that you've made the last two weeks. That, that would show some real growth, I think. Yeah. Now – we, we kind of said, we, you talked about this last week, I think. We said if we get to 6-0, and it's time to start talking about something, okay? We're 6-0. and You still 11-1? Is that still where you're hanging around? Um, <laughs> I, guess <laughs> I, I guess I just automatically factor in that, oh, yeah, I just – feel like they're going to lose a game. But I, I obviously can't point you directly to where that loss is going to be, you know. Um, yeah, but dang, dude, go take advantage of an opportunity and, and go 12-0 and and go unbeaten. You're yeah. better than every single team left on the schedule. Now, okay, Oklahoma State, can we, can we at least agree that that trip to Stillwater is – 
not going to be a walk in the park. That's a kitchen sink game for those guys. Yeah. Whatever the whatever kitchen sink they have, they're they're throwing it out uh, that that night. That's that's right. And they whipped Kansas State's ass on Friday night. They didn't get lucky. They didn't, you know, hit them on a couple of fluky plays. The ball didn't bounce their way. They lined up and whipped their ass. That's just how it went. Yep. So I don't know if they I don't know if they found something. I don't know what necessarily you have to claim on that, but uh, they look pretty good. They did. Um, Ollie I, Gordon was running the mess out of the football. I don't know if I trust them to do that next week against Kansas. Oh, no I, I, I think it's just more of how much of a week-to-week league this conference is outside of OU and Texas at this point. Sure. I, legitimately, yeah. anything could happen. Like, Tech went down to Baylor. Baylor just has a huge comeback win over UCF. All right, may, maybe Baylor's about to make a run. Tech, Tech stomp Baylor in Waco. It, yeah. it is so week to week. You never, I mean, TCU goes up to Iowa State. They can't do anything. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not a good league to bet on this year outside of the two teams at the top. I know, I know. I, it's it's wild, and I, your guess is as good as mine. What you're going to get week to week from any of these teams, you know, Kansas, I think is, you know, still. Uh, an incredibly dangerous football team. We all know that. They just went out and put 51 on UCF. Think about that. Think about that. Okay, I know it's UCF. But Kansas is 5-1, and one, right? And they got one of the better offenses in the country. It's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. They're good, man. It's, it's, I, I guess I keep waiting for it to be a fluke in old Kansas to show back up, but KU's legitimately a good football team. Like uh, they, they, they have good defensive players, man. It's not just all about the quarterback who hasn't played for, for two weeks. Yeah. Bean, they put 51 up on UCF. You know how many times Bean threw the ball? Oh, um, no, I don't. I'll guess, uh, I'll guess 12 times. I'm going to guess it's low. 12 times you nailed it nice 12 times completed eight passes had a touchdown 91 yards they ran it 51 times for 399 yards tyler like that's what you do whenever you're a big time program and you're embarrassing somebody yeah and that was kansas (laughs) hey crazy back to the uh big storyline uh saturday DG legacy game. I think we can uh-huh. all agree with that. I, I guess what does that mean moving forward this year? Does it change the way a lot of people think about Dylan Gabriel? Does he d- deserve more respect nationally? W- what what did he do Saturday here that matters for the rest of the year? That makes sense. I don't know. I don't know that anyone's necessarily going to change their mind on him. People don't change their minds very often because I. It's it's admitting that you were wrong to a degree about that, and no one's going to let that go. But I think they'll at least quiet down the rhetoric when it comes to, to DG not being any good. And I mean, What are you going to say? The best opponent you faced all season in crunch time, under pressure, he went down and got it done, made some really nice throws, ultimately the game winner, obviously. Um 
put in some good, tough, hard work on the ground, running the football. What are you going to say? I mean, it has to clear up a lot of the naysayers, but I don't know that anyone's going to necessarily put their hand up and, and say that they were wrong about it. Yeah, well, We're going to wait for that moment to say, I told you so. We were uh, we, we, we thought that he would run the ball more this year, and they'd shown some QB run up to this point, but yeah. it's pretty obvious they were waiting to really unleash it this game. 14 carries for 113 yards. So back to our old joke, oh, hell, they ain't showing nothing till Texas. On both sides of the ball, what did they show that they, they hadn't shown up to that point this year? Uh, we hit, we tried a couple of pin pool things on the perimeter, try get to the edge against Texas. Not sure if we'd shown them. We didn't major in, we haven't majored in any of those things. Uh, the little action that we had to Farouk, I think that was new. We got Stogner involved and I don't know if that was, like, it's just kind of how the routes unfolded or if it was a point, Hey, we think we've got the ability to get Stogner on a couple of plays, and they went to him. We hadn't seen much of that. Um, Anything else offensively you can think of? Well, you mentioned the the Stogner. Like, it wasn't just going to him more like a tight end screen, essentially, to Stogner. Yeah. Did not not think that that was possible. Um, Now, defensively, I don't think we saw anything new. Straight-up domination? By the defensive line a lot? Corners just playing really well? I think the corners played well. You know, they were running those comebacks on us, those curl routes. And give them credit. They've got really good wide receivers. We knew they were going to make some plays on us. Um, but the majority of what they got on us like, was the RPO game, which Quinn Ewers, I'll say, the best part of him as a quarterback is his RPO throws. He's good at that. Um but, I mean, we, were, we didn't get out com- competed for a, a 50-50 ball. Their longest play of the day, I believe, was 39 yards to Xavier Worthy. Pass. Yeah. Oh, it was to Xavier Worthy. I was thinking it was going to be that pop pass on fourth and one. Um, but, you know, they gashed us a couple of times on some runs, not anything that we can't fix. Our defensive line wasn't getting blown off the ball. They were game the entire, uh, entire contest. I don't think we, we didn't bring out anything new or we didn't I mean we may have had some different uh paths on some of our blitzes, but I didn't see any uh, at least to my eye, I mean they didn't there play may be well because the scheme was just so incredibly no like they, they played well defensively because of the personnel on the field. Yeah, they yeah. lined up and played well. It's not like they threw something at Texas that they just couldn't it took them a couple of quarters to figure out how they were gonna respond to it. I don't think that was the case. 580, I've been a huge DG critic, and I'm done with complaining. He shut me up. Look at Heupel stats in 2000. They aren't anywhere near DGs. We don't need a Baker this year to win. We need a game manager to minimize mistakes and turnovers, and he's excelled at that. Huh? Yeah, no hey, turnovers. Look at that. See how, how good does that feel to go ahead and get it off your chest. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You don't have to kind of – Root for the team to win, but Gabriel will play bad. Like, it's fr- it just free your mind, okay? Wilson in the 918. DG was money and should silence his critics, but what about Jeff Levy? Called a fantastic game. Yeah, I agree. Called a good game. Um, I, I credit everyone. I credit 
DeMarco Murray for kind of fighting through some personnel, like trying to figure out who the guy's going to be and, uh, you know, trying to give some different guys opportunities. And feels like we've we've settled on Tawi for the time being, you know, and it feels like he's our best back. Yeah. Our most consistent guy. He's good in pass pro. He gives you the tough physical yards. I think Marcus Major's good a little short bit yardage better on the too, perimeter. Which, for as much as we complained about the the run game as a whole, like uh, I feel like the last couple of weeks, short yardage goal line stuff with him's been 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 good. Yeah, credit no there. Emmett Jones. I think uh, it's clear that it hurt our wide receivers last year, losing their coach going into the into training camp. Right. That I think that was a big factor. Emmett Jones has come in, picked that group up. Um, you know, he's got guys coming in waves, and it looks like someone is going to have to step up and and take over for Andrew Anthony, who at the time, was he our leading receiver at the time? He had to be, right? Um, you're talking about going into this game, not at the point in the game where he got injured, correct? Mm-hmm. I believe he well, was I'm the leading receiver like, going into the, into the game, yeah. Yeah, just like overall season, and he still is. Um, 27 receptions for 429. Still leads. Uh, Farouk's next with 415 on 20 catches. So whether it's whether it's Anderson, whether it's Gibson, whether it's uh, maybe Brennan Thompson stepping in or Freeman, like who, whatever rotation they end up on, someone's going to have to fill that that void left by uh, Andrell Anthony. So that's going to be big. And how about Bill Bedenboe? You know, you lose Metallier throughout the game. You've had to kind of work different guys at left guard. I mean, really, just the coaching job across the board has been really good so far this season. Two more, 405. I've been a naysayer on DG's accuracy, but where DG's accuracy falls short, he makes he makes more uh, more than makes up for it with Moxie. He was 100% badass on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, all, all of that. And still, man, like we, we let off the show with this. The legacy part of that play – I think is drawing more attention to the fact that, or drawing away from the attention of how incredible of a throw that really was. Yeah. It wasn't just standing in a clean pocket and throwing a touchdown in the corner to Nick Anderson. It was, I don't even know how he saw Nick Anderson, and he still delivered a perfect ball. I think it's probably, it was probably somewhat blind. You know, they had the blitz coming off the edge. You know, you, you motioned and got that little, um, you know, put those two DBs that are in coverage in conflict. You got exactly what you want. They miscommunicated, didn't play it right. Both guys covered one guy. And he probably saw two guys on one and threw, threw it to the back of the end zone and said this is where he's supposed to be. And it wasn't all clean. I think, was it Stogner over there? They kind of bumped into each yeah. other on the release. And sometimes it happens like that. It's, it's not always exactly how you draw it up. But, man, just – I tell Incredible. you something that gets you get your feels is older brother like having a great career and then oh, just yeah. being the happiest person in the building for little brother to do big things. Mm-hmm. Um, how Rodney Anderson responds to his little brother is dude, that's that's so awesome. That's so it's, cool, man. It's it's authentic that's the good stuff. It's real and uh, it's got to be awesome for him to watch it all unfold. All right, quick timeout. Final hour of the rush rolls on here from Newcastle Casino. Stay with us. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. 
If you're looking for a no-appointment-needed doctor's visit, head to Norman Regional's walk-in clinics in Norman and more. Open Monday through Friday from 7A to 7P. Our walk-in clinics offer convenience for new or established patients. The clinic providers treat allergies, cold and flu symptoms, sore throats, stomach viruses, and more. Our Norman Clinic is located at Norman Regional 9, 2000, and Brandon Boulevard, Suite 201. And our Moore Clinic is located at Norman Regional Moore, 700 South Telephone Road, Suite 201. Hey, Sooner basketball fans, it's time for one last go-round in the Big 12 at the Lloyd Noble Center. Your men's basketball season tickets are on sale now and start at just $149. Secure your seats now and don't miss out on any of this year's Sooner Hoops games. Visit Soonersports.com. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Don't be one of the powerless when extreme conditions strike. Lightning, high winds, excessive heat, or other severe conditions can leave you in the dark or worse. See the light. Contact Oklahoma Generator, the company that gives Oklahomans the power to protect their family, homes, health, business, and life. Oklahoma Generator is a certified premier Generac dealer, providing professional installation, service, and repair to keep you safe and secure. Be ready for anything. Oklahoma Generator. OKGen.com. Power to the people. Texas really, at the end of the day, like, in my opinion, okay, y'all can call me crazy for thinking this or whatever, we beat the, we beat the ever-loving out of Oklahoma today. We beat the out of that team. And we lost! It is the Rush on the Ref, Victory Monday, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lamb, and keep the text coming, 405-651-3439. Speaking of the text line... I'll ask this question to you, and we'll get responses from the uh, texters as well. Now that OU is coming off its best day of the season, running the ball, do we feel any more optimistic moving forward about what the run game is going to look like? Yes or yes or no? Well, um, if it's going to continue to feature the University of Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel – then, yeah, I feel pretty good about it. He was the leading rusher, 14 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown. And it wasn't so, just kind of – I mean, he, he had one what, – what was that long run that he had that he kind of almost broke there, uh, really? 44. 44 yards, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 44 was the long – that's probably that the, the longest, longest run, run of the, the year. Season. Yeah, I think it is. He's got the longest run. He had the longest run of the year last year at Nebraska. Yeah. And now he's got the longest run of the year this year. Amazing. Incredible. Yep. Now, Tawi went 15 carries for 46 yards. It's not going to blow you away, but it's just it's consistent, and it's it's punishing on defenses. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think that we'll continue to see Tawi and Marcus Major until – you know, one of the other guys is able to maybe show out in practice and, and maybe get an opportunity late in a game that is that is under control and, and shows that the explosiveness is back. It's just kind of it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. not what I expected or anyone, really. Especially from Barnes, man, to just – I mean, I think Sawchuck had, what, one carry on Saturday, which it one, was, is a negative one play. One minus one. Yeah, yeah, it was a negative play, so he just – not giving you much there, but yeah, it's. I, I I'll say that I do feel 
I do feel better about the run game moving forward, and I'll go back to a point that at least I made early in the season is I felt like for the offensive line to be its best this year, Savion Bird was going to have to be a dude at guard. It was going to have to be a dude. Yeah. And that hasn't happened, but the next best thing is if you get a talented true freshman in there, he plays well in a game like that and, and really takes off. Like having someone at that spot that has a very high ceiling and true potential, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing here moving forward. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and with as good as he's been, I if, if you know you get a bye week for him to maybe settle into that spot and get starters reps, and then hopefully you go out and you can play a good solid game at home and he gets, you know, 60 reps, 70 reps in a game as a full-on starter, I, that's invaluable, and he'll make big jumps. I mean, I think he's already been really, really impressive so far as a true freshman. You know, he played tackle, he's played guard. You know, he's gotten some good work in, and I think he's going to be really, really good. It is just so true. Bob said it earlier. It is the perfect spot for a bye week for this team. Just yeah. for I mean, for one reason that you just listed, but on the injury front, and I, I just I think for this team to be able to take a breath because that was a lot of emotion last week, man. And I I'm one that I do trust Brent just because of what he's seen before in his coaching past. Uh, the mistakes that were made on Saturday will absolutely be harped on over the course of the next two weeks. He will, oh, yeah. not, he will not make that squad feel like they have, uh, they have arrived. The ESPN FPI may think that OU has the best chance to win the conference, make the playoff, make the national championship game, and win the national championship, but that will not be the mood inside the walls the next two weeks. All right, let me ask you. Uh, AP top 25, Oklahoma's number five. Too high, too low, or dead on balls accurate? I think it's too high. No, 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 I I don't. You think it's too high? I think it's either slightly too low or dead on balls accurate. What, you think maybe they should be ahead of Florida State, FSU? That's why I'm kind of leaning towards dead on balls accurate at five. I think that's, that's a really good spot right now. What about PSU? So you're you're telling me you think five's too high then for this team? Well, I think PSU's pretty daggum good. I think Washington and Oregon at seven or eight are are really good as well. But I tend yeah. to think OU is a pretty good team, and if they can clean up some mistakes there, then they're obviously going to look even better. I I think OU man here here's the deal. It's what we talked about for five weeks now. Though Georgia looked really good last Saturday, there's not an obvious, clear number one team in the country. I, I think that OU can absolutely be in this group of teams that we're talking about. And I think that they are, man. Yeah. They, they showed us something last week. I think they are in that group. I think they can definitely play with Michigan. I think they can definitely play with Florida State, with Penn State, um, Washington. I, Washington and Oregon – scares not the right word like those two teams i'm i think they may be really really good you know they play this saturday right yeah i i can't wait to see how that whole thing unfolds and i i don't know who i fa where is it 
It's Oregon? In, uh, no, it's in Seattle. Who do you think wins it? I think Washington's going to win that game at home. Yeah. I think it's going to be a massively entertaining football game. And I feel like it's either going to be close, a close game that Oregon wins. If Washington wins, I think they run away with it. Here's, here's what I like about OU and kind of that group. And they're not the only one where this is true, but it's just first time in a while. I think we've been able to say this about OU. There's more than one path to victory for this team. I think this team can win a big game against a good team because of their offense. And I also think that this team can win a big game against a good team because of their defense. And it has been many years since we've said that. Now, if the special teams doesn't get better, they can absolutely lose the game because of their special teams. But both sides of the ball can contribute to a win. And I think we saw that on Saturday, man. And that's just been a long time since that's been true. What? Uh, how do I phrase this? Are you, are how worried are you about the special teams' mistakes becoming an issue? Um, I'm worried about them being an issue, like not in terms of like they're going to get to the conference championship game. I feel good about that, but if they make it to the playoff, our hopes are going to be pretty high. Like that, that's when it could be. That's when it could be exposed. So I would say on the big stage, I yeah, I'm, I'm field position is just so critical in games like that. And if they can't get more than a 25 yard punt at times, like that's that's worrisome. No matter how good your defense is, it's got to yeah, be better, man. Like one of the big problems is like when you get a punt blocked, it's like the hyenas come out. Any t- like as soon as you show weakness on a on a special teams unit, like a punt. They're going to start coming after it because how often do you get a return anyways? No, not, not very, very often. But wasn't the next punt, I mean, I guess to that point, wasn't the next punt after the block the one that was like a 20-yard punt, 25-yard punt, whatever it was? Yeah, I think it was think the very so. next punt. Yeah, you, like it's you're opening up a can of worms because everyone's going to come start coming after it and it's just going to make life way more difficult and – you know, we, we're just we're, – we're asking for, for serious issues there. A uh, few texts here. Marshall in uh, Woodall, Oklahoma. As I see it, only Michigan, Georgia, and Ohio State would be favored against OU. Mm, okay. Greg I from, don't necessarily see an, uh, a problem with that. Greg from Lawton, is Texas going to make the conference championship game or will they implode as usual? Feels like they'd really have to implode not to make it this year. I don't – it doesn't feel like that team's going to implode, um, especially because here's what happens whenever you go into a game uh, where both teams are undefeated like that. They really, to a large degree, didn't lose anything, right? They're still in a really good position. Uh, 9-1-8, I still have hope that a running game or that a running back will emerge. No way in hell is Chuck healthy. And Smothers has the burst that the others lack. Both guys need opportunities. Well, maybe you'll get some opportunities as as things unfold. Central Florida coming to town. Um, I, you would hope that you're able to control that football game and maybe 
give some different guys some opportunities to see if we can find a spark in the running game. Um, Kansas on the road in Lawrence, I feel like is going to be a dogfight to some degree because of how good their offense is. Um, kind of the same thing with Oklahoma State. I'm back to thinking that's going to be uh, a classic. So you may I don't just I don't know how many opportunities you're going to have. Doug Miles says I will be interested to see how Oklahoma plays after two weeks of being told how great they are. Um, well, I'm still hearing people say that Texas was the better team and should have won the game. And here's a text that says Dixie from Tulsa. OU at five is too high. Seven or eight ranking. Teddy, please take the Kool-Aid away from Tyler. Getting a bit over his skis. So obviously they're they're not they're not that great after Saturday. Well I don't know. I, I think that there's there's for me it's more about the unknown with some of these other teams. Like that's one good thing about the bye week is I'm I'm glad I'll be able to watch some more football and get a better idea of what Washington and Oregon actually look like. Um, see what PSU looks like. Who do they got? Penn State um, this week. They play oh, Ohio. They're, they're at Ohio State. Um, the OU UCF weekend. Yeah. yeah. Massachusetts. Why is that on their schedule at this UMass? point? That's ridiculous. But I don't know. We'll see. And I'll tell you who's way too low. Alabama at eleven. Is way too low. I get it. They lost to Texas and then looked bad the next week. They're they should well. I they're, they should definitely be ahead of Southern Cal. Yeah, okay? they're still not great on the offensive line. And old Jimbo, of course, boy, he fumbled some decisions on Saturday. Did he make excuses he, in the post game? Yeah, it was. Um, it was a fourth and one that he punts on. On the 45-yard line. And they asked him about it. He's like, well, if it was fourth and inches, we would have gone for it. But fourth and one, instead, we decided to punt it away there and get field position. Something to that effect. If it was fourth right. and inches, we go. But it was fourth and one, so punt it away. Right. Which it sounds like Petrino calls the plays, but when it's critical points like that, oh, hell, Bobby, let's just punt it away here. Punt it away here. Let's pin him deep. Our, our yeah. defense will get a stop. Come on. Let's punt it, punt it down there. Well, now, do you have any idea what the uh, A&M fan base is feeling about that game? And about uh, pissed is what they're feeling. Like, when is yeah. he going to start being held accountable for, you know, some of his decisions? He's not. They don't have – the only way you can hold him accountable is to hand him, like, $75 million. Think that's going to hold him accountable? I don't think so. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left here from Newcastle Casino. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Are you someone with extra weight and looking to make a lifestyle change? Norman Regional's Journey Clinic is ready to help you get started. We are excited to be one of the only weight loss clinics in the region offering the Spats Balloon. 201 West Main Street. That's great. It's phenomenal. That was our team goal, and it was so awesome to see us come together and uh, through some adversity. And we just bought in defense, offense, kept pushing, kept grinding. It's really, we were having a lot of fun. Today, we were all high, highly motivated. You know, it, it was easy for us to go out there and keep pushing, keep pushing, keep grinding. But no, I just, so I so happened to fall into some things that other guys have done the last three weeks. You know, we just keep, keep uh, fitting our gaps and keep being a sound defense, and it shows up. And uh, I just got lucky today. What do we prove today? Just that we're a real competitor and we're out here for all of it. Just like all every team is, you know. Um, so it's, it's what we expected. We're here. 
There's Ethan Downs after the game on Saturday. Oddly enough, four years ago today, he committed to OU, but he had the best game of his career on Saturday against Texas. And, yeah, um, one of the guys that you feel uh, really excited about coming out of this weekend in terms of just really very happy for Dylan Gabriel, uh, very happy for Ethan Downs as well. Maybe those two guys more than anyone else that played on Saturday. Yeah. No, I, I thought I thought Ethan Downs was great, man. He was – I go back and watch the first ten plays of the game or so and watch how many times Jatavian Sanders gets his ass handed to him. It's over and over and over. Boy, he was a non-factor, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he gets hit and, cause, and the, the interception happens and then – but he had one catch, and that was it late in the game. Oh, man. It, he got – Ethan Downs was, like, punking him the entire day. Couldn't block him. Um, like he was whiffing out on the perimeter. Right? It, was, it was not good. And I'll admit, his ankle was a factor. And that offense is not the same – if, if he's not a big weapon in what they do, at least the threat of what he can do. Um, so that's something to look for in the in, if we have a rematch with them. By that time, I'm guessing he'll be in, in much better condition. So, yeah, he was, he was a non-factor for sure. We talk- as a matter of fact, he was, he was more than a non-factor. He was a, a net negative for Texas. Yeah, felt like it. Uh, we talked about the uh, issues on special teams. They gonna they gonna look at a possibility of a new punter over the bye week, or is Plaster their guy moving forward? I don't know. Where, like, what do you do? Where do you go? Tryouts. I mean, you got two weeks. Why not <laughs> hold the tryout to see if anyone? Uh, maybe they can go back and watch film of the kicking for chicken. See if they're interested <laughs> in anyone. <laughs> Uh, just go for it every fourth down, right? I I wouldn't mind that. Go back and watch. Uh, I bet if that kid made that field goal on game day, he may have gotten a call. He's a student. Get this guy a helmet. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to do other than have a bunch of very physical, very difficult punt practices during the bye week. That would be my guess. Uh, just hope Peyton Bowen blocks two punts a game to make up for your special yeah. team's mistakes moving forward. If, if you factor in that you're going to get a punt blocked for a touchdown, then the way you negate it is to block two what, in that yeah. game. Which, by the way, I, we talk about Peyton Bowen every single Monday after a game because he yeah. demands it. It's just that for a true freshman to play that position, just his incredible – Ability to come up with big plays is, I don't know, man. It it still amazes me, even though it happens every single week. He's everywhere. Kid is absolutely everywhere. He's going to be an incredible talent. He already is an incredible talent. Which reminds me, I wanted to ask you this earlier. What, if any, boost in recruiting has that game provided so or will provide? Wilt Fong put in a, this is all over the weekend, Put in a new prediction for Eddie Pierre-Louis, who's yeah. an offensive lineman out of the state of Florida. Some some uh, some guys that locally cover recruiting, like Parker, had already put in a prediction for EPL. Uh, on, on 24-7 and on three, I think one of them has him as a three-star. Anyway, like Rivals has him as a top 40 player nationally. 
Yeah, he's a beast, isn't he? Gigantic, super strong. Yeah. Interior offensive lineman. It's just interesting that one service has him ranked in the top 40, and the other two have him ranked outside like the top 130. The, the the discrepancy from one service to the other two is, huh? It's yeah, it's it's interesting. It's 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 very interesting to say the least. But that was in for Oklahoma. That was in for Oklahoma. So there's, I don't know, five or six in for Eddie Pierre Louis out of the state of Florida, and he's still got to take his official visit for the UCF game. So you should yeah. feel good about that. The other is a player that I think you like, or at least the staff has told you they really like him. That's Michael Boganowski out of the state yeah. of Kansas. And I guess he is announcing um, in the next 10 days. He just announced that earlier today. What's the theory or thinking on that one? That he's going to pick OU. Really? Yeah. Now, that's a recent trend. Well, that's, because that's what I'm saying. Like the prediction, like Fong dropped a new crystal ball for him to land at OU. Wow. That's huge. Uh, any movement on – like the Winery or anything like that. There's, I've, I've seen some decommits out there, not necessarily that Oklahoma's Parker's in Parker's talking all confident today, like, yeah, I, I think they're going to flip him. Wow. I was like, wow, okay, you just come out and say it. All right, yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I think they're going to flip him. There so, must be a good feeling there. Where are they right now as far as their recruiting class? Are they Rivals, like, I think they're six. Uh, 24-7, I believe they're seven. So they get – Eddie Pierre Louis, Boganowski. I, I I think that there's a I think there's a good chance they end up in the top five back to back years. That would be incredible. And if you and if you flip one area, you're definitely gonna land in the top five. Yeah. Momentum, dude. This game gives you momentum. We're seeing it. Yeah, man, that's uh that's good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We got the final segment next here from Newcastle Casino. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. See your Oklahoma GM. Learn more at ScreenYourLungs.org. This PSA was made possible by industry funding and guidance from lung cancer patient groups. Wow. That was a roller coaster right there, man. That was tough, man. Left him too much time on the clock at the end, didn't we? Hell of a game, man. Hats off to OU. Team came out on the front foot. Great emotional football they played. Well played, Sooners. See you next year. Till then, mean times and all times. Hook them. Oh, yeah. And seeing Matthew McConaughey disappointed just... um Adds to my happiness after the game, and I'm sure for several other people as well. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the show. Was uh, was watching yesterday the whole Pat McAfee on-field uh, production that he does, and you could tell he and his crew was pretty amazed. Like, Baker Mayfield was a guest during the game with him, and it's like, well, hey, Cuzzo, so OU just brings in half the stadium every year? 
you could tell he didn't really understand the dynamics of this game and floored that OU would bring all those fans to the state of Texas and represent that well. It's like, <laughs> yeah, buddy, every year that happens. Well, I'm, I'm curious what uh, – I saw like his crew, uh, A.J. Hawk and those guys walking around down there pregame. I'm sure they were on the field during the game too, but um, it's quite the spectacle, and this year did not disappoint. How did it compare, like – energy and noise wise compared to 21 i know it's different circumstances but um i i mean about as similar as it could be honestly because i didn't think anything would surpass that game or surpass the energy on the ou side but when kennedy mm-hmm. brooks ran for a touchdown two years ago today i i my reaction was a lot crazier on saturday than what it was during that run right if you want to compare the two so cool all right, well, that's it for us today. That was a that was a fun day, kind of rehashing what all went on, and I'm sure we'll do it more throughout the week uh, with the bye week here. But awesome stuff! You guys killed it on the text line as always. You drive the show; we're just along for the ride. You know what time it is? Let's go have an ice cold Pacifico. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer.